up, everybody? You're listening to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. I'm your host, virtual marketing coach and fellow creative soul, Miranda Rodriguez. In this podcast, you'll get expert marketing guidance that you can implement on your own, and you'll learn how marketing your business can be simple, doable, and fun. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. We are in episode two of our three-part Ask the Accountant series with my personal accountant and CPA, Teresa Rubino of Rubino Tax. Welcome back, Teresa. Thanks. Glad to be here. And today we have a a meaty topic for you guys. So it's internal record keeping, and we're going to talk about the reasons why this is important and then how to do so manually. And then if you want to like pay for a program or of course, hire someone, we're going to touch on all of those things. So I'm just going to let Teresa kick it off with the most important part of this whole thing, why you should track, why you should do internal record keeping. Right. Uh, another great topic and really, really important. Um, a tedious topic, unfortunately, yeah. and a lot of people don't like to, you know, track all of their information in and out of their business. Um, and people eventually hire an accountant to do that because yeah. it's you know, not the most pleasant experience. And I get that, but it really is critical. And especially for businesses that are growing, because I mean, the number one reason to track your um, income and expenses is, are you even profitable? You know, are you generating a profit this year? And if you are, awesome. Now, what does that mean? If you're profitable, you have to pay tax on that. Are you setting aside enough money to pay your taxes? Mm -hmm. Um, What if you're not running a profit? What if you're running a loss? Now, that might sound on the surface like that's not good. No one wants to run a loss. But if you are running a loss in your business, let's say you're married and your spouse has income, that loss is going to actually offset that income, which means overall, you're going to pay less taxes that year. So it is really important to know um, if you're profitable or if you're actually running a loss that year for tax purposes. The other reason you really want to have uh, good record keeping is how do you make your business decisions? How does anyone make a business decision, right? Yes. Yes. For that? Right. (laughs) Am I I spending too much on that? Like advertising, for instance. I mean, you, you could spend a ton of money on advertising. Are you getting the best bang for your buck where your advertising dollars are going, right? Now we get into your return on investment. Is my money working for me that I'm putting in in this? Um, And all of those questions can really be answered through our financial statements. And your financial statements are only as good as your record keeping. So it's absolutely imperative that you can record all of the income coming in, but then all of your expenses run monthly um, income statements to see how things are working for you. And then you can actually make better educated decisions. Absolutely. Are there, what are some pitfalls you see businesses making in the beginning? Like, are they just completely ignorant and not tracking at all? Um, so some are tracking to an extent, um, like they, they kind of know they got some money coming in. It's usually easy to know on the income side, what's coming in. Right but they're not taking advantage of all of the deductions that are available to them. And that's really the tedious part, all of the expense tracking. Um, Cause usually there's more expenses than income. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily in, a, in amount and dollar figure, but in, in quantity of record keeping, um, there's more expenses to be written off. So that that's the biggest thing. And 
I think if people get into a good habit of tracking their expenses properly, they might be surprised what their bottom line is. Either yeah. it's more than they thought, it's less than they thought, um, or they might be surprised to find out, I can write that off. Like that's a legitimate expense. So it, it really is important to just get in a good habit from the beginning and know what, what you can look for, what is deductible to you. And um, I don't know if you, I can segue to that, but yeah. generally speaking, any expense you incur in order to generate income is deductible per the IRS. So um, depending on what your industry is or what your business is, um, you know, telephone expenses, obvious one, any furniture, equipment, supplies, rent, um, utilities, things like that. Um, but other things to think about your car. Are you driving to and from maybe meeting clients or, or to and from uh, picking up supplies for your business? All of that is deductible to you. Uh, commuting from one place to another is not, but right. any driving you do in the course of your work to help you generate that income is. And what about like any programs in the beginning? Because I know that I, I suggest to clients just to get in the habit of tracking like bookkeeping on a monthly basis at minimum in an Excel sheet or a Google spreadsheet, just so they're in the habit of looking at their numbers and analyzing their numbers on a month to month basis. Because what I've seen is that people are, like you said, very aware of the money coming in, not so much aware of the money going out, especially if it's not happening in the same bank account. Like if your money is coming into a cash coming into a bank account and maybe expenditures are on your credit card or something like that, then they're, it's not all in the same place. Um, so people are surprised by the bottom line, but in addition to that, like I use QuickBooks, but where do you think people should start, whether they're just starting out or they're looking to like get organized right now? Okay. So I think there's a lot of accounting software platforms out there, um, both desktop versions and online. Everyone's wanting to move to the cloud, um, which, is, which is actually a great resource. Um, but if you're just getting started out and you're not ready to invest in a program, then I think an Excel spreadsheet or a, a Google spreadsheet is sufficient provided yeah. your uh, provided your structure, uh, how do I say this? Provided you're a sole proprietor or a single member LLC. I think once you get beyond like yeah. partnership, S Corp, C Corp, there's too much to track. You also per the IRS, need to report a balance sheet on your tax return. It's really hard to manually <laughs> keep a balance yeah. sheet. Been there, done that, wouldn't <laughs> recommend it. Then you really do want to get an accounting yeah. software. But if you're just in the income expense realm, that can easily be tracked on an Excel spreadsheet. The drawback is it's hard to reconcile a bank account if you just keep everything in a spreadsheet. It can be done. It's just, again, yeah. it's a little bit more cumbersome. Right. And I do recommend keeping uh, reconciling your accounts monthly because it's a great way to cross-reference the activity going on in my bank account versus the activity that I'm keeping in my books. And if, God forbid, you ever got called into an audit, they're going to get the bank statements and they're going to go off all the activity in the bank, not what you're recording in your books. So it's really good practice to match those on a regular basis. And not wait till the end of the year like me. Which <laughs> 
you're not alone, unfortunately, in that. <laughs> There's a lot of people. <laughs> Talk about bad habits, which reminds me that I would like to schedule time with you before we get to the end of this year. Because like for me, so for example, I have my bank account. So I think we should back up a second and say that if you don't already have a business bank account, you should get a dedicated business bank account. That's like step number one. Absolutely. And I would even say a designated business credit card. Oh, I, yeah. I would not, in, even if you're a sole proprietor, I would not mix your business and personal uh, finances at all. I would separate it from day one. Because if you don't separate it, then you're like me and I have to go through my personal credit card statements and highlight what was a business expense and then reconcile that with my QuickBooks. And right. yeah, and so <laughs> everything is very messy. Um, I think we're getting better this year, just still not great, but better. And <laughs> that's also why I hire a professional. But I think so, starting a business bank account now, can you open a business bank account in the name of your business as a sole proprietor? Because I know they needed my tax ID. Uh, it, it would be tied to your social security number okay. as a sole proprietor. I, I believe you can put the name of your business on it, yes, but it would be tied to your social security number. Right. Got it. Yeah. So Because you don't have a tax ID for your... Yeah. Now, right. that being said, and I, as a sole proprietor, you can apply for an EIN. You can, which oh, is a okay. tax ID number. You don't have to be tied to your social um, that is an option that is available to you. I, I would say most people who are sole proprietors don't bother taking that step unless they need to start payroll. Right. And they probably set up a separate EIN for payroll purposes. Okay. Well, that's good to know too. Um, and then in general, so if they're going to do this manually for now, or me, because a lot of my clients do it manually just so they're aware. And then most of them have accountants that they pay on a quarterly or annual basis to actually file the taxes. Um, so I have two questions. One, can we touch on sales tax really quick? Because I, I pay income tax, but because I don't sell a product, right? A goods, I only sell services. I don't have sales tax in the same way. So, oh, so um, what do you want me to say about sales? I guess if you're selling product, yes. Yeah. So in the state of Illinois, if you are a product seller, you need to register with the state of Illinois as someone that will collect and remit sales tax. So um, not only are you doing state sales tax, you are also responsible for any county tax as well. Like the state of Illinois tax is 6.25%. Mm -hmm. And then depending on what your county is, if that goes up from there. So um, there's still only one sales tax form to file. Um, and either you're a monthly, quarterly, or annual filer, and the okay. state will tell you which one you are. Um, but yes, once you get into product, make sure that you are collecting the correct amount of sales tax. Because if not, guess who makes up the difference? The oh. business owner. The business owner has to pay for it. Yeah. Not so it. make sure you know that not only are you getting state, you're getting your county percentage amount. And I think on um, through My Tax Illinois, you can set up an account through there. And that's actually where you can even register for your sales tax ID number. And you can type in what county you're doing business in and it will tell you what the rate is. So then you'll know the correct amount to start withholding. And then you just include that in all of your like invoicing or however they're collecting payments. Yes, if you're sell, if, however you're selling your product and you record, you know, I'm selling this for $10, then you make sure you add the correct sales tax on top of it. 
Got it. And then the customer pays you that total amount. And then that sales tax amount that you've collected, it's technically a liability, right? That's not income to you. It comes right. in and it goes out. In a perfect system, it always nets out at zero. Um, but you are responsible as the uh, seller of that product to collect that sales tax and then remit that to the taxing authority. So in that case, in that's another reason to have a separate business bank account. So you make sure in addition to your income tax, like I have to pay quarterly taxes, but you're also paying sales tax then, right? You're paying. Well, I mean, your sales, your sales tax uh, will be coming in uh, through your regular, whatever your business account yeah. is that collects the income. It will all be coming in through there. So um, just to clarify, I don't know if you need a separate bank account necessarily. Oh, no, you're right. Okay. Just for um, business in general, you should have a business. Yes, for business in general, absolutely. Yeah, I see what you're saying. If it went into a personal, yeah. I would not recommend mixing that. That could be a nightmare. A real nightmare. And then the other question I had for you is, as people are tracking this stuff manually, do you have any recommendations for what should be in their spreadsheet? Just like general things to pay attention to as far as the numbers in your business. Like expenses and things like that? Yeah. Yes, I do. So some of the most common, um, I mentioned before, like advertising, rent, utilities, um, telephone, computer expenses, internet, some of these are very obvious, right? Mm -hmm. um, I would say the ones that are a little less obvious, um, training, education, business coach, uh, you know, things like that are deductible, um, conferences, trade shows, um, travel. Mm -hmm. You actually have to travel and actually <laughs> yeah. a bit of a gray area. Um, but if you have to travel for business, it, um, 100% for business, you're not mixing business and pleasure. Um, that is deductible uh, to you as well. So um, there's ways to take advantage of it personally. And then you can partition how much of that is truly a business expense. Um, like if you go to a conference in Florida or something yeah. like that and you bring your family. Yeah. Accountants can work with that, but not all of it will be deductible. Right. <laughs> FYI, um, retirement contributions are Ooh. something, and it's a great way, really, to reduce tax liability. And I, I will say this: um, one of the great advantages, if you are self-employed, I highly recommend if you have, again, if you have the cash, it all really comes down to that. Right. To start a retirement plan, one great perk is you don't have, depending on the retirement plan you have. You don't necessarily have to make those contributions during that tax year. You mm -hmm. can actually make it the following year. In general, we have until April 15th okay. to make like even um, IRA uh, contributions. Um, so if you have a business retirement plan like a SAP or a simple, you have till April 15th to make that. Or if you're savvy and you go on extension, you actually have till October 15th. So that gives you like the next nine, nine and a half months to get some income to sock that away for the prior year and you can take advantage of a deduction. So there's definitely a lot of tax planning strategy yeah. in the retirement realm, um, but that's something to keep in mind, um, especially as you're becoming more profitable and you wanna minimize that liability, retirement is, is a great thing. Um, other, other expenses to be aware of that you wouldn't actually record on your books. I mentioned mileage. Mm -hmm. If you're doing driving, you wanna track your mileage. Um, cause that's something that's usually taken off at tax time. Once you're generating the tax return, your account will always ask you, do you have any mileage? And they deduct it there. Um, another one is the home office deduction, which yep. you've probably heard of. A lot of people have heard of this. 
it really is a great way to, um, you know, minimize your income even a little bit more by taking advantage of that, especially now a lot of people are working at home. So if you're a business and you have a home office and it's designated, you can write off a portion of your mortgage interest, a portion of your real estate tax, your homeowner's insurance, um, and utilities. Those are all based on the percentage awesome. of use. Um, so if your home is like, your, if your home office is like 10% of your whole house, then 10% of all of those bills will be deductible off of your business income. So um, home office is definitely something I would recommend people look into. And then this year, Zoom is deductible, right? Because <laughs> absolutely yeah. would be. I mean, this is software you're using for your business. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, software and apps, that's great. I'm glad you brought that up because... <laughs> These days, there are, are so many apps out there right. that, that, that business people are using and absolutely it's deductible. Cell phone, cell phone usage, mm -hmm. I should mention. Unless you have a designated cell phone for your business, which means it's 100%, you only use it for business, not personal, then you can deduct all of it. Most of us double dip, right? Like right. I have my business on my cell phone, but I also use it personally because I don't want two phones. Around. Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, you can still deduct a portion of it and then you have to determine what percentage is um what percentage is reasonable that you're actually using mm -hmm. it for business and i think 25 percent, roughly speaking yeah. is fair i think 50 can be justified i think over 50 you really have to justify it you know real estate agents yeah oh yeah good. maybe 80 percent you right. know so um it's really a judgment call um and usually that's a conversation that takes place between the accountant and the business owner and then at Outside of expenses, if they're doing internal record keeping, um, I usually have people track like their cash flows. So like just the money coming in and then you obviously you have your expenses. So that's money going out. Um, but so I usually have them track like gross income and then material supplies. And if they're paying themselves um, mm -hmm. just to pay attention to a lot of people, a lot of the people I work with have income goals. And so they want to make X amount of dollars themselves before leaving their part-time job or something like that. So do you yeah. have any guidance on anything else outside of expenses? Um, anything outside of expenses to track? I mean, I think, I think what you said, I think you're giving really good advice. You definitely want to pay attention to the money coming in and then your most critical expenses, right? Not right. the perks because the perks right. you can kind of live without. Um, but you know, your cost of goods sold, your materials, your supplies, especially if you're like, uh, if you're in the product business, um, mm -hmm. I like that you're adding the payment to the mm -hmm. business owner, to you upfront, because that's something we all forget, yeah. <laughs> we all forget we do. <laughs> but if you're really trying to reach a goal, I mean, I would say two things. If you're trying to see, reach that goal before you leave your other job, yeah, I might keep that out. I might do all of your income and all of your pertinent expenses. Gotcha. Just to, to get going and see what's left over. What's left over is going to tell you of that, what you could pay yourself. Right. Um, it will also determine, okay, well, if I want to pay myself this amount, is there still any left over? which either A, I'll give myself a raise, mm -hmm. or B, I have other expenses um, that I can use that money for, or I don't have enough to pay myself and I better right. still keep that job. And that's where um, for some clients who are working towards that type of income goal, then we have them break down like the revenue streams and where, and this is where internal record keeping is so helpful for making business decisions because mm -hmm. you can say, okay, well, my website sales were low this month, but I know based on my schedule or whatever, you know, with e-learning that 
you're going to close your shop and you're going to try to boost your website sales. And so it's then like, we're paying attention to website sales. And I think that's where people forget, like you get the information you're paying attention to sometimes. And so paying attention to the numbers you want to see is critical to your business growth. I have another client who is going to stop offering one of her product services come 2021. And we made that decision because we took a look at her revenue streams and the amount of time she was spending on this one stream and the little revenue she was getting from it, we determined it wasn't worth the time based on the money it was bringing in. And we could just shuffle that money around and try to get it from somewhere else like her website or her shop. And so that's where knowing your numbers, especially on a month to month basis is so helpful for understanding like the full picture of your business. Right. And making these decisions in an educated manner. Your gut is important, yes, but it is very important to understand how your business is operating. You're absolutely right. And and you know, numbers don't lie. Right. And numbers, and numbers aren't emotional. Yes. Right? It, right. It's just it's it's fact. And and maybe that's why I love playing with numbers. Yeah. <laughs> They're so brutally honest, even when you don't want them to be. Ugh. But it's hard, you know, it's hard as a business owner, I think, because we all get attached to what we're doing and we all feel the service we're providing is exactly what people want or exactly what they need. And numbers may or may not reflect that, you know, it it can be humbling, but it could also be very educational. Um, So it is very important to be able to read your financial statements um, Mm -hmm. or track your information correctly so you can make these decisions because you need, you need some sort of criteria upon which to base your decisions off of. So I think you're giving great advice to do that. Good, thank you. (laughs) That's reassuring too. And I also think knowing your numbers, especially because you're the the numbers lady, you're the CPA, but a lot of us are more creative. And so we, you know, but knowing the numbers even as a creative person is empowering because you understand the intricacies of how your business is working. And so now you're not making decisions on the fly, which is what we're trying to get away from as we grow in business. Right. And you might be surprised which avenue is doing better. You know, you might throw something out there just to try it and see what was going Mm -hmm. on. You may not think anything of it. And that may end up being your bestseller. Yes. It may not be what you would have chosen, but apparently the marketplace is choosing that. Exactly. And then that plays a direct role in what you're marketing, because if you want to boost your website sales, but you've only been talking about your boutique, then we need to change the messaging a little bit. It just plays, I mean, the numbers impact every facet of your business. So the sooner you get a handle on that, whether it's paying someone to explain those to you or like diving in and trying to figure it out and learn on your own, I think the better you'll have a, a better understanding of your whole business. Right. And, and to your example of this person who has, was trying to boost the sales on the mm-hmm. website, you know, what if there's a limited advertising budget that year? Right. You know, so you might want to allocate more of your advertising budget to the website or to driving traffic there rather than something else. Or you might want to look at, you know, last year in advertising, I spent this much. And where mm-hmm. did I advertise? And again, what was my return on investment of right. those dollars? You know, where was it sending my customers to which revenue stream? was mm-hmm. profiting the most off of that. So there's lots of different ways you can look at the numbers and, and analyze it. Um, but yeah, I cannot stress enough just how important that is because there's so many business decisions to make yes. as a business owner that it can be overwhelming. And so the, the financials are really there to help you. 
and to assist you. And so it all comes down to, you gotta keep good records because your, your financials will only be as good as your data that you input is. Yes. And getting in, I think in the beginning you had mentioned it as a habit, like getting in the habit. I know there's, I've listened to so many tips, but some people like to do it, you know, they set aside a time weekly where they go in weekly, or you can set aside at the end of every month or the beginning of the month to review the last month, you know, whatever it is, just, we talk about planning a lot on this podcast, but like putting that, setting aside that time on your schedule now so that you show up for it and not wait till like December, like I did and tried to smush it all in, you know, 12 months of number crunching in a few hours. It's not fun when you do it like that. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think, I think weekly is great. I, I think it's a great discipline. And if you're doing it weekly and depending on your volume of transactions that are coming in, it may not take that long at all. Right. It might only take you an hour. Then great. Wouldn't you rather do an hour a week than four hours at the end of the month or half a day or a full day? Oh my gosh. And then you have projections, right? If you're doing it weekly and you're not hitting your numbers, now you know where you need to spend some more time or advertising dollars or a little more effort. Um, so yeah, the numbers, this is a, a such an important topic. I think probably one of the most that we're going to cover this series. Um, thank you so much for being here. Do you think we missed anything? I think we covered everything. Um, I think we did cover everything. I don't have anything else. No. Oh, actually, no, there is one other thing. So uh, back to paying yourself as a business owner. So if you have proper payroll, um, meaning you generate yourself, you know, weekly or monthly payroll checks and you have taxes withheld and all of that stuff, that is deductible. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have that and you're just, oh, I'm going to pay myself $500 a month, that is not deductible. Right. So that, that's a very important distinction. So, and this usually is for um, sole proprietors, LLCs, that is considered a draw, like a member draw, even mm-hmm. in a partnership, because um, partners don't get salary. Partners can't be on payroll, by the way. Mm. You can't generate payroll if you're in a partnership structure. So um, member draws or shareholder distributions, these might be terms that you've heard of. Those are not actually deductible. It's kind of considered a return of equity that you've actually put into your company. Got it. Um, so that's the only other thing I wanted to add. Sometimes it causes a lot of confusion when people are calculating their bottom line. They're like, well, I paid myself $500. My income goes down. It does not. It uh-huh. depend, again, depending on the structure you're in, it does not lower your taxable income if it's a draw or a distribution. Right. So as I'm set up, the way I'm set up as an LLC, it wouldn't. Correct. Correct. Right. It does not lower your income. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, wow. This is... This is a lot. This is why people should, um, will get in touch with you. So rubinotax.com. And then do you want to just tell us about the course you have? Yes. So uh, Solid from the Start is a series of online business courses that I'm currently creating, um, really geared for the small business owner who's just getting started, maybe isn't ready to work with a professional yet, not ready to outsource, but they want the information, right? Because they want to get started off on the right foot. So the first in the series is creating the foundation for your business, which is the business entity structure. The second in the series is actually this. It's records you can records you can rely on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that will be coming out hopefully by the year end. Yay. Um, but if you're interested in it, you can go to my website. There will be a place to say that you want to be on the waiting list at some point. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, hopefully that'll come out by year end. And um, hopefully that'll answer a lot of questions and help small business owners get started. 
Yep. And then to get in touch with you or to just express interest in it now and get on your waiting list, they could just reach out on your website, right? Rubinotax.com. That's it. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much for being here. This was so helpful. And I know I need to get more organized too. So I appreciate the reminder. Sure. Okay. (laughs) 